Good morning. Pastor Paul asked if I would preach this morning because Aaron is graduating from high school. Congrats, Aaron. Thank you for graduating so I can preach today. Question for you this morning is how will you take the next step in your faith? How will you increase or go up in your faith? Some neuroscientists believe that the brain is the answer to this question. They think that they can hack the brain so that you can have a spiritual experience. The thought is if you can decrease the activity in what's called the posterior superior parietal lobe, which is the back top right middle of your brain, the idea is that with decreased activity in this area that you start to separate yourself from reality and have a transcendent or spiritual experience. But hacking your brain is not the way your faith will ascend or increase. Some people think that if you leave earth and explore space, we're going to learn more about God and we may, but our faith will increase that way. Now astronauts have had spiritual experiences while exploring space. Apollo 8 astronauts quoted Genesis 1 while orbiting the moon. Unfortunately, after a lawsuit, NASA had to clamp down on astronauts quoting scripture over open radio channels, but that didn't stop Jim Irwin, who was an astronaut who walked on the moon during the Apollo 15 mission. He quoted Psalm 121 on the moon, which is a psalm of ascent. It's a psalm of moving up. I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Going to space may bring you in awe of God, but many of us may not get that opportunity, and right now it's kind of tough to do. In fact, if you wanted to leave Earth, you need to achieve something called escape velocity, getting off the planet, going fast enough to get off the planet. And you have to be traveling this velocity at the speed of 7 miles per second, and if you want it in miles per hour, it's 25,200 miles per hour almost the entire way around the earth in about one hour is as fast as you need to be going to get off the planet. No, to increase or ascend in our faith, in your faith, we must do what Colossians 3 tells us. It says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ is seated at the right hand of God because he ascended to heaven from earth. Jesus didn't even need to achieve escape velocity to do this. In a, in a moment, he departed earth and ascended into heaven. Ascension day or the day of ascension, is when we remember that Christ ascended into heaven. It was actually this past Thursday. So how did you celebrate it? How did we celebrate it as a church? The church calendar and holidays throughout the year revolve mainly around Christmas and Easter. In the Christian faith, we have many celebrations and traditions leading up to Christmas and leading up to and after the resurrection. The ascension is 40 days after Easter, after the resurrection. 
but is this day in the church calendar that it's like an awesome party you got invited to, but we rarely show up for it, if at all. When Becky and I were missionaries in Germany, by the way, the Germans call the Day of Ascension Himmelfahrtstag. Becky wanted to make sure you knew that. Himmelfahrtstag. So when we were in Germany, we were there for about five years, and our first year in country was our first year away from our families for Christmas. It was also the first year in like 50-some years that Germany got any kind of substantial snowfall. So it was actually kind of cool. On Christmas Day, it was snowing in Germany where they don't really get snow. On Christmas night, we got a call from this couple that was a volunteer in our ministry, and they lived in the same town as us as well. And they told us that they had invited these friends over for Christmas dinner, but they weren't able to make it because the Germans weren't really equipped to clear off the, the roads from so much snow that they rarely get. And so these guests weren't able to make it. And so they thought of us because we were within walking distance in the same village, and they said, come on over. So Becky and I went through the unshoveled streets of our little town in Germany, and we made it to this friend's house where they had food for like eight people and uh, we ate and we drank and we uh, uh, told stories and we laughed and we played games and we got to know them better. This is a similar situ situation to Ascension Day. It's a great party that we haven't made it to. But we can change that. We can attend the celebration. We can increase our faith. So let's do it. Let's dig in and see how Christ's ascension will ascend our faith as well. John Bunyan says this about the ascension. Believers should not only look to the cross for comfort, comfort, but they should ascend up after him to the throne. At the cross, you see his sorrow and humiliation, his tears, his blood. But if you follow him to where he is now, then you will see him in his robes, in his priestly robes. Then you will see him wearing the breastplate and your name is written upon his heart. Stand still a while and listen and look. Enter with boldness. Here our high priest ever lives to make intercession for us. So let's look together at Luke chapter 24, and we're also going to look at Acts chapter 1. If you have your Bible with you, it's Luke 24 starting in verse 50, or if you have an app on your phone or, or device, you can go to Luke chapter 24. And then Acts chapter 1 as well. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 50, says this, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Now Luke is the writer of the Gospel of Luke, and he also writes the Acts of the Apostles or the book of Acts that we have it. So he writes a little bit different, more detail, and uh, a little bit different perspective in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6. So if you want to flip over there, we'll read that together. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 says this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will, re you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. 
And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as they went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. With the ascension of Jesus, there is a lot of prophecy in Scripture that gets fulfilled, both in the Old Testament and what Jesus prophesied about himself. A lot of images in Scripture are connected to the ascension, and there's prophecy that we await to be fulfilled in Christ's return as well. So this morning, let's explore three faith-ascending or faith-increasing realities from Jesus' ascension, and we'll learn about that Ascension Day event and what it means as well. So the first faith-increasing reality from the ascension is that Jesus' ministry on earth continues through you, through us, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's to bring God's kingdom to earth. If you look back at verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, Jesus says to them, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus trusts those who believe in him to carry out his mission on earth. Jesus said that the kingdom of God was at hand, and with the ascension, he enables his followers to do the work of making God's kingdom a reality here on earth. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 12. He says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am what? Going to the Father. There again is ascension in this passage. Jesus talks about it all the way back in John 14. Now Jesus says that we will do greater works than what he did. Now, I don't know a lot of Christians that can just put their hand on someone and and heal their disease or put their hand on someone and give a blind person their sight or raise someone from the dead or raise themselves from the dead. So when Jesus says this, what is he talking about? I don't think Jesus is referring to one person doing greater miracles than what he did. I think he's referring to the collected works of the church, the whole scope of the churches of Christ's people, the church, throughout history. Now, the church and Christians haven't done this perfectly. There's been mistakes. We haven't done this 100% correct. But the impact of expanding God's kingdom through the trust and belief in his name to every person as we reach the gospel is, a gra- is the great work that's greater than what he did. Like I said, we aren't going to do this perfectly and mistakes are going to be made. Even the disciples didn't understand everything, even after being with Jesus, seeing him resurrected, and about to see him go into heaven, they make the mistake of thinking that Jesus is ushering in an actual physical kingdom for national Israel. If we look back at verse 6, they make this mistake in Acts chapter 1. It says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, Jesus in this moment doesn't say, oh boy, oh geez, these guys, they're still not getting it right. 
I guess I'm just going to have to stay here until everyone can kind of come together and figure it out, and I'll just stay here until they can get it right. No, he ascends into heaven. Jesus uses them. Jesus uses you despite your flaws, despite your fears, despite your ignorance of not getting it 100% correct. In fact, he will take your weakness and use it as his strength. Jesus is with us now and to the very end of the age. It's hard to believe and hard to think about, but if Jesus doesn't make an ascension into heaven, the church's ability to expand God's kingdom on earth would be greatly diminished. I'll say that again. It's hard to believe and hard to think, but if Jesus doesn't make an ascension into heaven, the church's ability to expand God's kingdom on earth would be greatly diminished. Jesus' ascension and the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which is coming up on next Sunday, is God's number one and only plan. It seems counterintuitive to us, like it should be the opposite. If Jesus was here, we wouldn't need any apologetics or defense for our faith. We could just say, look, right there, there's Jesus. Why do you have these doubts? Why do you still not believe? But this wasn't even the case when Jesus was on earth. He did miracles, and some still didn't believe. Many people saw him resurrected, and there were probably people who still didn't believe. In fact, Jesus himself said that some will not be convinced even if they see someone risen from the dead. So he could be here today with us and some people will still not be convinced. This is why Jesus gives us power and sends us the Holy Spirit. Not to show the world that one person rose physically from the dead, but to show the world that people from all walks of life raise spiritually from the dead and, and are using their lives to expand God's kingdom. Not one person raising from the dead. All of us going from spiritual death to spiritual life being raised from the dead. The power we have in the Spirit is so great, Scripture describes it this way. It's from Ephesians chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 19. It says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, there again is ascension, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, ascended him, to, ascended him to heaven, is in us who believe. This is how Jesus' ministry continues. This should increase our faith. This should ascend our faith to the next level. Jesus ascended and continues his ministry through us in power through the Holy Spirit in us. The, sec the second faith-increasing reality from Jesus' ascension is that Jesus' physical presence in heaven should bring us joy and praise. 
the joy that the disciples experienced in the Lord leaving, in the promising of the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit, and Jesus one day returning. In the Gospel of Luke's account, chapter 24, I'll go back to verse 52, it said, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, the great joy that they might have had was knowing they would receive the Holy Spirit or maybe knowing that Jesus is interceding on our behalf as a great high priest or perhaps knowing that Jesus has authority and power and is reigning over the earth. We'll take a look at a few of these. The ascension, Jesus presents himself as an atonement to God. So this completes his sacrifice as the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. And now Jesus, as our great high priest, presents himself and enters into the presence of God as both the priest offering the sacrifice and the actual sacrifice. In the Old Testament law, the high priest would go into the symbolic presence of God, the Holy of Holies, after making a sacrifice for the whole people, and he would present that sacrifice to God. Jesus goes into God's actual presence as the sacrifice and the high priest presenting the sacrifice. This should give us great joy. Just as Abraham, who was the first to ascend a mountain, which the temple would be built on and Jerusalem would be built on, and what does he tell his son Isaac about the sacrifice? The Lord himself will provide the sacrifice. And now Jesus and now in Jesus' ascension, Jesus goes into the heavenly Jerusalem and the Lord himself has provided the last and perfect sacrifice. Hebrews 10, chapter, or Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 and 13 says this, Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take sins away. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. There's ascension again. Waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Now, wouldn't it be awesome if we were able to get a little view from heaven on what it was like to, have, to see Jesus as he ascended into heaven and what that picture was like? See, one of the reasons I think that the disciples left with great joy is that they were starting to see all of this biblical prophecy come together. And if you look at Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 13, you see a picture of what it looked like for Jesus to ascend into heaven. Daniel says this in chapter 7, starting in verse 13, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like the Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Amen? This is Jesus' coronation as king and ruler of heaven and earth. So how about the joy of Jesus reigning as a king with power and authority, his dominion being an everlasting dominion? If there is ever a reason to you, for you to never miss another Ascension Day, it's that you would not want to miss remembering and celebrating Christ's coronation day as ruler of this earth as he sits and reigns in power and everlasting dominion at the right hand of God the Father. 
The disciples can have joy in this moment even though Jesus is taken away from them because it's like they're seeing the last pieces of the puzzle come together. I don't know if you've ever done a 500 or 1,000 piece puzzle and you get the edges kind of first usually and then you're starting to fill in all of the gaps and you see that last little pile of puzzle pieces and you're like, man, how do they fit in? And you're starting to, to get them one by one. This is how the disciples are realizing who Jesus is, what he has done for them and what he is going to be doing for them um, when he ascends. Psalm 110 is one of the most quoted scripture verses in the New Testament, and it communicates this idea very well. We actually just read a quote from Psalm 110 in the Hebrews 10 uh, passage, but this is the verse, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus uses this in Matthew 22 to identify himself as God to the Pharisees. Jesus, or, uh, Jesus uses this in Matthew 22. Peter uses this at the day of Pentecost in the next chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read this starting in verse 32. If you want to follow along with me, it says this. This is Peter speaking at the day of Pentecost. This Jesus God raised up and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ." This Jesus whom you crucified. What about your joy in this moment? What about your joy of knowing that there's an actual human being, an actual person, flesh and blood, sitting at the right hand of God and ruling with power and authority in your life? It's difficult to even comprehend this. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. When Hebrews says that he is a great high priest who sympathizes with us, it's an awesome picture. And when you think about an ascended human sitting next to God the Father, Jesus can tell him and, and, and look over at God and say, look, she looks exhausted just like I was. Look, he's being tempted to sin just like I was. Look at them down there. They're hungry. They're lonely. They're in severe physical pain just like I was. They're betrayed. They're being mocked for their faith. The person that they thought was their best friend has now turned their back on them. I know what that feels like. That's just like what I went through, Father. How about the fact that whenever you share your testimony or a praise of God in your life, that you're expanding Christ's rule and reign on this earth? Does that give you joy? When someone comes to faith in Jesus as their Lord, they aren't just being saved from their sin and brought to life spiritually. The kingdom of God is in expansion. 
It went from me to this next person, to the next person, and God's rule and reign is continuing. When you share your testimony and a story of how God is working in your life, the kingdom of God is being fortified and proclaim His rule and He's reigning forever and ever. If that doesn't bring you joy, then you need to figure out how to start getting some joy from knowing that God's kingdom is expanding into all these regions of the world and all these people's lives in dark hearts that were once against him are now for the king of kings. John Calvin said this about the ascension, which I think summarizes these points well. Being raised to heaven, he withdrew his bodily presence from our sight, not that he might cease to be with his followers who are still pilgrims on this earth, but that he might rule both heaven and earth more immediately by his power. The third faith-increasing reality from the ascension is that Jesus is returning. Look back at Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 9. It says, And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And, now, and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The two men who stood by them in white robes are generally thought of as angels. This is another clue of the significance of the event in the life of Christ. We see in Scripture that angels are proclaiming and communicating Jesus' birth. Angels were attending to Jesus after resisting the temptation from Satan. An angel was with him in the garden as he was praying before he was betrayed and crucified. An angel rolled the stone away from Jesus' tomb and stayed there to proclaim that he is not here, he has risen. And now here is an angel helping the disciples understand the meaning of the ascension. And Jesus himself, even in Matthew 16, says, and there are various other passages in the New Testament, that when he returns, he's going to return with angels. Because when he returns, he's coming for a little bit different purpose than to die and raise again. See, a cloud in biblical language symbolizes two things symbolizes the presence of God, and it symbolizes judgment. And I'll give you just a couple passages from the Old Testament. Isaiah, in chapter 19, he says, An oracle concerning Egypt. Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud and comes to Egypt, and the idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence, and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them. God comes on a cloud with judgment. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 13 says, Behold, he comes up like clouds, his chariots like the whirlwind, his horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, for we are ruined. Why? He's coming in judgment. When Jesus returns, and he is returning, he's not coming as the Lamb of God, he is coming as the Lion of Judah to bring judgment. And John sees a picture of this in Revelation, he, write, he writes it down in Revelation chapter 1, starting in verse 4. 
John writes, he says, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever. Sound familiar? And ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. He is coming to claim his church. He is coming to establish a new heaven and a new earth. He is coming to completely restore this world to perfection the way God originally created it and intended it to be. The story of Scripture will be complete when Christ returns and He's only returning because He ascended. Let's ascend our own faith. Let's increase our own faith and the faith of our community at Cornerstone Church knowing that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to complete His work. Jesus in heaven gives us joy as our high priest and reigning king. And Jesus' return will bring judgment and establish a new heaven and a new earth. Ascend in your faith. Take that next step in your faith. Turn your eyes up to where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And to all of you at Cornerstone Church, I say Ascension Day blessings to you.